Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Welcome to the RTGA podcast. Rory O'Neill is my name, sitting in for Jackie this week. Delighted to have Eamon and Enda with us for a bumper weekend of football. It's an incredible amount of games coming up this weekend, lads. And I suppose, look, the marquee fixture, certainly for me anyway, well, maybe not for me, but but I think the marquee fixture across all of these fixtures is, uh, is Tyrone against Armagh. And that's coming up on Saturday on RT2. And I think it's really one that... Neutral observers, the, 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 I'm sure the protagonists involved, it's a much anticipated fixture. But just to put a bit of context around it, and uh, I was going to ask you, I mean, it's coming up on 20 years since the very first All-Ulster, All-Ireland final. And that sort of precipitated a very, I don't know, I mean, you can tell us, was it a tempestuous rivalry that developed over the following few years? And there were some of the most incredible matches played. There were some amazing things happened in all of them. Obviously, you had the final of 03, the Ulster final drawn replay in 05. And then I think he met again that year for a third time, if memory serves. And obviously, the you know, the famous Peter Canavan coming on and coming off and... You know, all, all like yeah. I mean, what 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 stands out for you around that time, and what was that rivalry like between the two teams in the two counties? Uh, it stands out to me a couple of things. A the the bangs, <laughs> the knocks that it took. I ran into uh, McIntyre once, uh, Tony McIntyre and Francie Bellew on a different occasion, and those bangs definitely stand out and and stay with me. Uh, no, it it was an amazing time, like. 20 years ago now. Uh, but the, the the 05, that trilogy in 05, where we met them in the Ulster final, uh, which was, went to draw a game, we probably had the better of the first game, had the better of the second game. We were sort of several points up and, and really felt as if we were ready to put them to the sword. And then Steve O'Neill got sent off for his first yellow card. The ref made a mistake and, and sent him, he picked up a booking. But the ref thought it was a second yellow. He went off. One minute later, Peter came on, got pulled out of a ruck, done nothing, literally done nothing, and got sent off too. And suddenly we were two marquee forwards down. Armagh got a run at us and, and beat us then. One won the title. Then the Ireland semi. We obviously wanted to really put it to bed then at that stage. And actually, to be fair, our, our, Armagh were, were the better side and we hung in. Hung in, hung in. And, and then Peter's obviously famous free at the end where, where Muggsy handed him the ball, handed over the free-taking duties and and, and Canavan struck at home. So uh, the, the, they were amazing matches, very different. Like we, we had the, we had an iconic Ireland final that year with, with Kerry in 05. Like Kerry's team was, was phenomenal and that game of football in terms of football was just a high watermark for, for me. The, the Armagh games were very different. They were attrition, like the tension in the stand for those that you could just sense it in the ground of all the games you ever played and just the sheer tension at that stage between the two teams because there, 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 there was, it was wafer thin, the gap between the two teams. Very different in styles. Armagh was much more robust and much more solid. Throne, we, we were younger and sort of wanted to sort of play and probably had, in, in our opinion, a wee bit more football in us. But Armagh were, were just so tough and, and hard-nosed about giving any inch across the pitch. Uh, so, yeah, phenomenal. The the 
the one annoying thing for me is that it's been mis I construed now that that was the start of the defensive football where we ended up last weekend. I seen one comment that this is all Roscommon. Six minutes was somehow all Thrones' fault. <laughs> Everything's Thrones' fault. Have you not figured that out? Couldn't be that. further from the truth. <laughs> if anybody wants to look back at those games and that era, of, it, it looks like kamikaze football uh, in comparison compared to, to now. You know, yeah. possession. It, it was yes, you were trying to keep possession, but. Yes, there was men working back and defending, but generally speaking, there was still forwards and defenders, and there was you you were going at it, and there was turnovers left, right, and center, and both teams had a cut. It, it certainly was a long way from the blanket defense thing that we, we've now become accustomed to. Uh, so I'd prefer it not to have that label, but sort of in the mindset of people where it's being perceived, that's sort of where it's ended up. But no, it was a it was a special time. Uh, and then this the, this weekend will certainly the way this weekend is set up. If you were to look at sort of these round robin groups, and they got plenty of criticism, which I found strange, they got plenty of criticism before a ball was kicked. About too many games, uh, we we can certainly complain as pundits that there's too many games in one weekend to try and cover. Yeah. Uh, but certainly this weekend, you know, there's, there's some cracking games, but that the way Trone and Armagh set up, both coming in after a obviously Trone's loss in in the opening game and Armagh scraping. Uh, scraping the draw both need something from this game it is a hugely important tie in Healy Park uh, I'm on Saturday game so I'm going to be watching it from Dublin which is a wee bit of disappointment because the atmosphere in Oma is going to be is going to be brilliant they have um, just before we move on actually from that era Eamon I mean obviously from a Kerry point of view you were playing on a very good team as well at that time I think he'd, he'd obviously come across Armagh in the 0-2 final. They went on then and contested that 0-3 final, as I said, 20 years ago with Tyrone. What was the sense of it? Like, because, I mean, look, be, there's no better people in the world in terms of, you know, assessing the way football is played and the way it can be played. Like, So what would have been the Kerry uh, perspective looking in on those Tyrone-Armagh clashes of that period? Oh, they were <clears throat> two brilliant teams, uh, Rory. And like with Armagh, we had we had a better record against Armagh. We lost the 2 final, but we beat them in 2000 in the semi final, and we beat them in 06 in the I'd say it was the quarter final, maybe. Mm. But um, obviously, Tyrone got the better of us in all those big games, and I think that. Those all five games for for Tyrone, by the time we played them in the final. They were really battle hardened, and you know they were they were really at the top of their game. I don't know what you feel, Ender, from your side, but you were you know that game that was an outstanding game of football, and both sides really went at it. And we felt maybe you know three in a way that Tyrone surprised us with their intensity, even though we were ready for it. It wasn't as if that intensity just emerged in the All-Ireland semi-final. That had been there all season by by Tyrone, but we felt that we were ready for that intensity in 05, but the level of uh, quality that Tyrone brought to that final, uh, not that it surprised us because we knew they were brilliant players and we came up against them so often, uh, but um, looking in from the outside, I suppose we were hoping they'd take enough scalps out of each other in those games <laughs> that by the time we'd get to play them, that uh, they'd be nearly worn out. But mm. we knew, we knew, we often discussed it ourselves that you'd love to be playing in those type of games week in, week out. And I think that's what the new format is giving us in yeah. fairness that we are getting, even if it doesn't have that knockout, knockout vibe about it, 
you're still getting the top teams playing against each other uh, regularly and it should make for a great weekend's football. But there was always, and I suppose it was a supporters thing really, that there was almost this um, perception that there was a reluctance for, for, for us in Kerry to acknowledge the quality of the likes of Tyrone and Armagh, which couldn't have been further from the truth from the players and the management perspective, because I suppose we knew how good they were because we were coming up against them. And there was always this kind of an angle that, oh, the Kerry crowd, they can't, they can't take their beating or they can't put up with <laughs> being beaten by the gang up north or whatever. Whereas there was always a massive respect between, um, be, from our side anyway, that there was a, a, an appreciation of how good the teams were. And when you lost, you lost, you went away and you just had to get over it. And that was it. Mm. You mentioned earlier and uh, about that there was a kind of a, a contrast in styles at that time between the way Armagh played and, and the way your team played. Do you think that there's a contrast in styles with the current teams? And what kind of what kind of a contest are we likely to see from them on Saturday? Yeah, I, I think there is probably Armagh, to be honest now, is, is playing more of the football than, than what Tyrone are playing at the minute. I, certainly so far, I think Tyrone's game, it it works best whenever they are fully on it, fully up for it, bring massive energy and go toe-to-toe with an opponent across the pitch. I, I think the, the game of really trying to slow it down and play very slow, I'm not sure that that suits Tyrone at the minute. I I think they 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 go better when it's high octane. You've seen that best in, in the National League game against Kerry, where they just brought this massive energy right across the pitch, both when they were tackling on when 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 they were attacking. Uh, they do obviously have great quality up front. We've seen that in the first half against Monaghan. But just too often they've been hitting wrong notes. It's it's like a musician that's struggling with a piece, and just too often it just doesn't feel as if it's going right. I think the Galway game is just such a disappointment thing about the sending off because it was set up to be to really learn a huge amount about Tyrone mm-hmm. because the other teams that had the break against the provincial finalists we've seen how that sort of panned out in the other three games we got really strong performances from the teams coming in after the break the the Galway Tyrone was a different narrative A the conditions were horrendous and and then B the, the early sending off sort of changed, changed the game so I'm still not 100% sure where Tyrone are at uh, Armagh for me put in a superb Ulster final performance I think that was Armagh's greatest performance they were exceptionally in one part unlucky but they'll they'll know themselves that the key mistakes at key times cost them in, in the Ulster final uh, they were sleepy again Westmeath I don't think there's any doubt about that They but that was always going to be a difficult game for them and Westmeath played excellently done exactly what they had to do but Armagh's style of play going back to that question it has been an evolving thing. They've been all this all-out football thing, this massive sort of counter-attack or long ball counter-attack. Then they became a wee bit more defensive and defensively solid. And we're starting to see the outworkings of that, say, in the final performance, which is maybe a better indicator of where they are as a team than the West Meath game, uh, where they are able to match both bring decent game management, be defensively solid, and have that attacking threat whenever they really get going. They do have a brilliant attacking threat up there. The one... Where you would have looking at the damage that Shane McGuigan caused, do they definitely have an out-and-out man-marker capable of marking the top forwards in the game? Uh, because for Shane McGuigan to have caused that amount of damage and them not to have any options to try and shut him down does leave that question there still to be answered. And like we, we did, 
we talked about pressure earlier on, Eamon. I mean, there's been quite a bit made of Tyrone's championship record of late. Um, they're going into the game with no points. Armagh obviously have two from the first day against Westmead. So is there pressure on Tyrone this weekend? I know like, much has been made of three teams advancing, but you know, does that have any significance for from a Tyrone perspective at home to Armagh for Saturday? Um, there does it have significance? I don't know, Rory. I think that's look, they're probably sometimes that bit of pressure, like there's always going to be pressure within the group anyway, regardless of any external thing. You know, the, the, the management and the players are going to be putting pressure on themselves to deliver a performance at home in front of their own supporters. They had a good, um, Tyrone had a good record in the league this year at home, but the last couple of championship games in Healy Park, they've lost. So they're going to want to arrest that. And they obviously had a good win against Armand, the final round of the of the league to send them down. So I think they'll be leaning on that. And I think the one thing with, with Tyrone teams and with, with the top teams in general, they're capable of moving on from disappointments very fast because the quality is there. You know, the quality players are there. And, you know, to to follow up and end this analogy with the, the musician that if they do hit the high notes together, they can be, you know, really formidable. And that's probably their challenge, just making sure that they do do that consistently uh, in the course of a game. Um, but in terms of pressure, they'll be putting pressure on themselves, Rory. They'll yeah. be putting pressure on themselves to, to perform this weekend and to deliver. And Tyrone footballers are confident footballers and they'll feel that if they deliver and if they perform, they'll have enough to win. And they're they're in a great position then facing into the last game. So, um, yeah, that I, I think that's the way that they'll be looking at it. And we'll, just to wrap up around Tyrone Arma, I mean, you know, I find pre- no different to statistics and predictions. I find a small bit. Uh, I don't know if I have a huge amount to Sully uh, on either, you know, uh, but... I am curious as to how this particular fixture, we how we see this one panning out, Enda. For me, going on farm lines, uh, and even allowing for the home venue, I I would be if it was the Abuki, I'd be putting Armas favourites, uh, and that's not a thrown to be clever thing. That's just been set up. I think Armas are favourites. Do I think Tyrone absolutely can beat them? Yes, strangely, nearly if Armas were riding in as Ulster champions, it would nearly suit the Tyrone psyche better of getting up for them and trying to take them down a peg or two, uh, strangely enough. But for, for Trone, it is just you're wanting all season and last season, we've just got no solid uh, evidence of a consistent level of high performance. We know it's there, but we have not seen it. So until you see it, you side with the team that's given you higher quality, more regular performances, and that's our math. And uh, Eamon, I suppose, during the league, the Tyrone did you know, like there was a bit of a stuttery start to the league, and then Kerry and Oma seemed to spark something in them. Now Kerry always seemed to spark something in Tyrone. I think if there's one other county that could potentially spark something in Tyrone, it's the site of Armagh coming to Oma. Uh, would you, would you think that th- we could see the real Tyrone stand up this weekend? I think we will. I think we will. To be honest, Rory, and I think. 
Um, there, there's so many of those even outside of the historic rivalry between the, the counties, even just this year for Tyrone to have relegated them already and now to try and beat them in the championship. That's a huge, you know, mm. there's a little motivational thing there. And the flip side is true from Armagh. Then having been relegated already, the fact that they have two points in the board, they'd love to be leaving Healy Park with four points and Tyrone and zero heading into the last round. Um, as you know well, Rory, I'm catastrophic at the at the predictions. Uh, so I I wouldn't be surprised though if we had a draw. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Would, it, it wouldn't shock me if there was a draw. So wouldn't wouldn't shock me either. Um, that's not what I'm saying will happen. But no, no, I wouldn't. I, you you I, there there won't be a huge amount in it. And I suppose I mean like the key thing is like and this is what this format has given us, which is Division One teams. If we're going to go back to our league analogy, playing against each other week in, week out. And I suppose this is just something for us to really look forward to. So another game to look forward to, obviously, now is Cork Kerry. And um, uh, to move from one rivalry up in uh, Ulster down to Munster, which, look, I suppose for people outside of Munster, um, given it's lost a lot of its allure over the last 10, 12 years, and that's been Cork's fault, really. Let's be honest, Cork have fallen way off the pace, but... I think people sometimes forget that this was a genuine rivalry once upon a time. Um, maybe there's some embers and little sparks starting to come back into it. I don't particularly envisage a major upset this weekend, Eamon, or could, could like, I mean, if Kerry lose on on Saturday afternoon, this would, it would probably mark a real crisis in Kerry and, Marty might be on the case heading down to, <laughs> to get to rouse up the locals. I mean, a, a defeat for Kerry this Saturday is surely unthinkable. Um, yeah, I don't know, Rory. Look, I, the thing is, I, I agree with your first point. I think that maybe outside of even Kerry Cork, never mind Munster, yeah. the because of the way that the last decade or whatever has been the allure has gone off it, the shine has gone off the, the rivalry externally in particular. And that's that's an outlier really the last decade, if you look back over history yeah. and how, how close and how real that rivalry was. And Kerry have the upper hand, but at the same time, you know, I've said it before, it's it's part of, of, a, of a Kerry person's DNA to be wary of, of Cork and especially wary of Cork above and Parky Cueve. So that's very much there this week. It's very much there for me this week. I'm sure it's there for the management and players. There is a respect. There's always, within a group then, there's always the reminders of underage football where they've lost games against these Cork teams. They'd know them from Sigerson. They'd know them as individual players. So, you know, there is always those angles to make sure that from a Kerry perspective, they're going to be certainly well, well and truly tuned in for this Saturday. Um, I think for for Kerry, they'll they'll have had two weeks of retrospection, and they won't have been happy with the performance against Mayo, with the attitude, with the work rate in particular. And um, I think that we'll see a big change in that regard this weekend. Um, it it is from a Kerry perspective, it is unthinkable, but it's not impossible, and it it has happened to us in the past where we've had a poor performance and we've gone down to Parky Cleave looking to pick it up and we've we've got a we've got a bit of a kicking below there so uh, i know that this cork team are probably on a different trajectory to maybe the way some of those teams were in the past but um 
I'm sure that everyone within that Kerry camp is is worried this week, and they know that. Look, in in all of these games at this time of the year, it's it's in many ways it's black and white enough. If you're looking at it through Kerry lens, you go down there, you perform, you're probably going to win. You go down there, you don't show up, you're probably going to lose. <laughs> so, for, from Kerry's point of view, they have to show up, they have to perform, they have to bring a lot more than they brought in Killarney a couple of weeks ago. And because of where they're at, they, they'll they probably win the match. But if, if they show up and they give Cork any glimmer of hope, teams are too well coached and too well conditioned and everything else now not to, not to kind of make hay if they get that opportunity. So I see Kerry with, a, with holding maybe the power that if they show up and they play as well as they can, they'll probably have too much. But, but if they don't, Cork have plenty to turn them over then as well. Can you put your finger and, uh, on any reason or any major reason why Kerry were so flat against Mayo that last day? I mean, you know, it, it, it was a very untypical performance, particularly at home in front of a home crowd. It was just strange that they were so passive, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think in hindsight, and of course the captain hindsight's in all of us, uh, can can come out when you see a performance you weren't predicting that coming into. In fact, I actually fancied Kerry to be the more aggressive side, having what happened in Castle Bar, and I just thought, oh, Kerry, Kerry is going to be in their zone to really hand out a lesson, as sometimes they, they like to do down in Killarney. Uh, but they were completely flat. So in, in hindsight, then you're looking at it and thinking, okay, so the fact that they came out, pub, and this is my interpretation, and again with Captain Hindsight on, uh, when you're going out for the National League and you say quite publicly you're not going for the National League, then the fact that you that you still finish in a, in a decent league position, you finish comfortably, that means, right, well, there we are. We weren't even fully trying, and yet there we are. We finished there. Then they had a really good warm weather training camp under their belt. Felt brilliant coming back from it. Steamroll at Ulster. Like, Claire's a solid, tricky side to take care of, and they blew them away. And the football they played in that monster final, like, I don't care who the opposition was, mm. the quality of the football, the quality of the execution of the skills and the interplay that day is as high as any team in the country. Like, it was just stunning stuff. So whenever you put that together and then, okay, we have we were caught in Castle Bar by Mayo, we're definitely going to... And when you look at that game, two of the goals that May, that Kerry give away that put Mayo into the comfortable lead were were absolutely shocking mistakes up in Castle Bar. So again, you're thinking, okay, that was a freak performance, a freak day. And you're thinking, right, this the, we we should be fine here. Almost that, the, the way Eamon explained the, the approach to the court game, as long as we produce a performance, we come out, we're, we're going to sort of re-establish the, the pecking order here and we're in Killarney and we don't lose in Killarney. So everything was stacked for Kerry to be okay uh, as long as they felt they came out and came and, and put in a decent performance. Mayo came down, however, hungry, hungry dogs and they went at it. And Eamon will know well any of the top teams and he described it there, if you're at 95%, you are miles away if the other team is on it. You, and, and and the modern game is so cruel that as soon as the team gets into a lead, it, it only then grows and grows because you're chasing the game and they're sitting holding and punching you in the break and it becomes a car crash very, very quickly, even though you're only a wee bit off. Like two turnovers in the first half, Clifford and Shawnee O'Shea, how often do they just gift a turnover? They gifted the turnover and that created some of the goal chances. So it wasn't even that Kerry were wide open. The, the goal chances that Mayo were creating were from 
just mistakes which were not like Kerry. Uh, so that that I wouldn't be reading into Kerry's demise at all from that. But this weekend's game then there is just that wee bit of weight on the shoulder. Suddenly there's a wee bit of pressure there, and whilst it's a small possibility. They've only to look at their last visit to Parky Keeve to remember what, what that felt like where they came in as rage and hot favourites and were turned over. That's not a good memory to have. They're coming in with a bit of pressure on them. So suddenly then, and that pressure can build during the game. The longer they struggle to put Cork to bed, that pressure builds. Uh, or we, we can see a dominant carry performance and I think it'll, it'll be one or the other. I think it'll be a good crowd and it should be a good atmosphere. I'm hoping, uh, Eamon... Just a quick word on Cork. I mean, look, the reality for them is this is their first Division One side that they're going to face this year in terms of championship. Well, full stop, really. Um, and you would imagine it's going to be a big step up. But at the same time, and I've heard this mentioned, it's a bit of a free shot. But it's not a free shot if you go in there and you get a paste in. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I think from Cork's point of view, the, the other parallel, it was much earlier in the season, fair enough, but the day that Dublin went down to Parky Cueve in the, in the National League, I think it was maybe the second round, the first or second round, um, Cork were outstanding in that game, and they, they should have won it really, uh, you know, with a small bit more composure and a bit of luck, maybe on the day they would have beaten Dublin, and they were very impressive with the way that they played, with the way they kicked the ball, with the way they defended, um, with the way they took the Dublin sweeper out of it. I think Keen Murphy was playing as a sweeper that day for Dublin and they 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 really accounted for him very well. So uh, I think that sometimes with Cork, the higher the opposition they're playing, even go back to last year, they played the Dubs in the quarter final. Um, against Kerry last year, they were quite competitive for 50 minutes and in, in when... When Jack brought on Dave Moore and Paul Ganey, Paul Murphy, they made the difference in the last 20 minutes in, in Parky Rin last year. So I think with Cork, when they're playing a bigger opposition, especially having got the job done against Louth last, last weekend, because it's like them to lose to the, the Louths, the Clares of the world, um, you know, to Tipperary in 2020 after beating Kerry. But when they're up against the big dogs, I think they're often... It, it suits them. And uh, mm. the other point that I think is important for Cork that's different from them when they played against Clare is that Kevin Welch had time. In, in, a, in a way, it nearly suited them to lose to Clare because Kevin Welch had, the, I think they had six or seven weeks. They'd maybe, they maybe, they had a long spell anyway there that he would have been able to really get his hands in them, really get stuck into them, really shape the way that he wants to play you know, earlier in the season as the league was ongoing, it would be hard to do that. I imagine they had a bit of work done before the start of the of the National League, but it's in bad weather. You're probably missing players with Sigerson going on, all of that. Whereas he would have had his crew together big time for that period of time. And I, I'd be expecting to see more and more of his influence as these games are going on. So I, I'm expecting, I'm genuinely ex expecting a big performance from Cork. And I think... Uh, if if both teams play to the top of their game, Kerry will still have too much. But um, I think Kerry will need to bring it all this weekend to 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 get the job done. But I expect them to. And, and even as Enda mentioned that game in twenty twenty, I think that's a bit of an angle for them as well. That you know, if you're if you're the likes of David Clifford going back down into Parky Cueve, you're going to have the bit between your teeth this week to make sure that 
that's not going to happen again. And I think Kerry need those angles this year coming off the season they had last year. So I think that'll actually help Kerry. Do you think there'll be change midfield? Is there concerns midfield ways in Kerry or will it be a matter of going again and just up on the overall performance? Like looking at Jack and uh, he, he, some, he, he can do it both ways. If he really believes in a partnership if he really believes that Jack Barry and Dermot O'Connor is his championship midfield, he'll give them another go and he'll say, look, uh, we're, we're, you know, you, you've to back them and you have to go at it. But having said that, when in the past, when it was the qualifier, um, you know, structure, if, if we were beaten in the championship, he did freshen it up personnel wise. He did change. He did bring in two, three, four, sometimes, so I, I, I'm expecting to see a few changes, all right, but I think it'll tell us a lot how he's thinking of for yeah. the rest of the season that mm. if he backs the two lads again, he's given them a chance to, to, to go out and prove that they are, they are his partnership. Um, so I don't know. There's, there hasn't been a, a whisper down here. Things are very quiet about what's going on. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll all know Saturday afternoon, I suppose. Yeah, looking forward to it. And um, Eamon mentioned Dublin earlier and Cork's uh, nearly victory on that occasion. They're taking on Kildare, who obviously nearly beat Dublin as well. A lot of teams nearly beat Dublin. But, um, you know, very encouraging display in the Leinster in the in, in Leinster, but I suppose in the Leinster was the Leinster semi final. Kildare have a kind of a track record. We know the game. There's a little bit of controversy around the game. Obviously, Glenn Ryan's comments afterwards, which a lot of Dublin pundits, ex pundits, coming out, you know, claiming you know, whinge and moaning and all of that type of stuff. Um, the game has been fixed for UPMC Nolan Park Kilkenny. Odd decision, but maybe to do with the season tickets and potentially seats that they'd need to accommodate, given the size of the Dublin support. Kildare have a track record in that of back of going from a really a really good performance, no different to Cork actually in a lot of ways. There's a huge inconsistency in Kildare's play where they put in a, some, a really good performance and follow it up with something very weak. And maybe the draw against Sligo was that. So are we likely to see you know, another competitive game this weekend involving Kildare in Dublin? Or do you, you know, is this basically going to be another one of those games where Dublin effectively turned it into one-way traffic. Again, real, and no no less than Throne and no less than Cork. Uh, Kildare, one of those teams that it's exceptionally difficult to get a handle on just where they're at and what you're likely to see. Uh, Personnel-wise, we've seen the talent. Ability-wise, we've seen it against Dublin. I thought the performance was excellent that day and it wasn't so much that Dublin were, were having an off day. I thought that match was tight because Kildare really rose themselves to the level rather than Dublin being off it. Uh, but it is difficult for them to face Dublin again. That wouldn't be a desired fixture for them, I would imagine. Uh, facing Dublin again so soon after that game, particularly with the wee bit of crap that went on afterwards in terms yeah. of comments, I'm not sure it'll have a huge bearing, but it's still it's just another wee layer that's there, and it would have been spoke about within the Dublin camp and, and the sort of the annoyance or the, the, the bad blood from it. Uh, but Dublin weren't... Uh, Going great, obviously against Roscommon. I think they they will they they got turned over like that. That Roscommon performance for me was coming. I, I certainly thought, and I think it was on discussing Roscommon. Really fancied Roscommon to come up with David Burke and Everton. That would have been a game you just seen 
given Dublin their absolute long time marks about where Dublin are and Kildare will have seen that Kildare will know that there's pressure on Dublin here on this game uh, and Kildare will fancy themselves they'll not fear I don't think there'll be a fear of Dublin at all now it's not like that team that, that obviously won all the All-Irelands uh, Kildare will have no fear in this team their problem is where are they in terms of performance have they any confidence in themselves that they can go out and suddenly jump back up to the top if they can, then I absolutely see Kildare capable of, of not only matching Dublin, but even potentially pipping them. And they have, and looking at how Dublin are playing at the minute, I, I, Kildare have a definite chance in this game. And I think Where they're, they're really believe at this time. Um, we, 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 we don't know, I suppose, uh, Rory. We're, 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 we're waiting all year for them to, to really get going. Um, I think, you know, they, they, I, I think we mentioned this maybe earlier on in the week as well. They seem to respond in so much and they've won so much, particularly their leaders and still their best players. So I wonder the bit of a slight because of the Glen Ryan comments afterwards, will, will that stoke the flames a bit for them this week? And will it give them that bit of an angle? Um, like looking at that brief you sent us out, Kildare haven't beaten Dublin in championship since 2000. Yeah, That's, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's a long, it's a long time, and in general, to bridge those kind of huge gaps, it takes something special. Now, Kildare have have the talent. There's no doubt about us. They have the players to 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 cause the shock. But whether when it comes to that final kind of sixty fifth minute plus, that they'll have the belief and the know how, and they won't tighten up coming down the stretch. To finish off the job, I, I'm I'm not convinced. I'm I'm just not convinced about them. Um, no, Dublin haven't exactly been convincing yet this year. But again, they were as as Enda mentioned, they were quite passive last weekend against Roscommon. They didn't really come out and go after the game. So you'd expect a bit of a change in mindset from them as well this week. And I think sometimes as well, the going away from Crow Park. Can give them a bit of a bit of life and a bit of energy, just a bit of freshness, something different. And Nolan Park is obviously gorgeous pitch, lovely stadium to play in, and everything else. So I I think that could bring the best out of the Dubs this weekend. There's so many games to cover this weekend, so we can't get through them all. So we're just gonna you know have a quick fly through a couple of the big sort of uh, marquee fixtures that are on the agenda this weekend and obviously one that does stick out it's live on RT on Sunday is a is a, a North West Derby involving Donegal Derry two teams on very d- different um, s- trajectories in terms of their season uh, and obviously Derry back-to-back Ulster champions All-Ireland semi-final last year you know they look like the machine is rumbling on even despite the absence of the manager from the last couple of seasons who has obviously stepped away do we Dirty Gaul with home advantage there will be a local rivalry going on obviously bordering counties up there do we see an upset ender or or just Derry just on a different level hey Donegal were excellent in that second half against Clare. They they were really excellent. It's it's so easy to write off 
Donegal, really, really easy to write off Donegal because of Everton, uh, at the, the well-documented issues that, that they're having this season. Uh, but in that second half, they produced some serious, serious football. And with that, in Ballybuffet, I, I have a feeling they will really relish Derry coming down the road. If they've, like at halftime in that Clare game, make no mistake about it, we've all been in teams that have been in a difficult place. And at halftime in Ennis, that Donegal team had every excuse there waiting for them to go and pick and just quietly go off into the night. Crap season, right it off in the dustbin. Yet they came out and produced probably their best half hour of football since the very start of the National League. I think they'll they'll use that as, as, as a thing to really fire them up. And now they've got Derry coming down to Ballabuffet and what a message it would send out, what a message of defiance it would send out from Donegal to take Derry. And Derry, over the last few weeks, they have lost that aura of invincibility too. Their their massive level of intensity that they brought all the time. They were flat as in Celtic Park for, for Derry Monaghan. Uh, they were flat against Monaghan. Now they still... To, to their credit, they still came back and and that speaks volumes for them, but they weren't the manic, massively impressive dairy that we've become so accustomed to seeing. And I think they'll still struggle to rekindle that energy because they have put in massive energy all year. McKenna Cup, a National League, back-to-back Ulster titles, they were on it every single game. They were at their ceiling. In terms of pushing and the mentality that they brought to them games, and it's it's only natural, then that that they they have a wee dip to try and gel themselves, and that we've seen that against Monaghan, and I don't think they'll suddenly get rid of it within one week. Now coming in against Donegal, who have had a gap week after Clare, have been able to use that, watch them last week, make their plans. They'll know what Derry's bringing. They have to shut down McGuigan. <laughs> if they do that. I think Donegal will fancy themselves. And, and Derry are still favourites, probably strong favourites. That's fine. But looking in at this, I just say there is something potentially there. That's a match you'll just be keeping a wee close eye on because that could potentially uh, be a massive, massive game. This it, it, end is absolutely spot on, Eamon. This really has the, the, of all the games this weekend, this is a big potential for an upset. Uh, for all the reasons Enda has outlined. And the fact, I suppose, if you throw into the mix, I mean, the pressure to a degree in a- on Aidan O'Rourke and the Donegal players, they've got knockout football more or less secured by a very weird quirk of events from here. Um, they're at home. They've got their local rivals coming down who were cock-a-hoop after winning back-to-back Ulsters. Like, I think this is set up for Donegal in some ways. I mean, it may not be enough to turn Derry over, but I think we could see a big performance from them this weekend. Would you think? Big time. If they continue to build uh, Rory on the second half of the clear game, if that's not a false dawn, if that is a genuine, because that's that's what we kind of expect from Donegal with the players that they have, that they're capable of of that type of football. But they they did show a good bit of heart and spirit to dig it out because it is a hard place to win below in, in Cusick Park in, fa- in fairness. But I just think as Enda said, I'm not quite sure who they'll put on Shane McGuigan or how they'll deal with him. Um, but one thing that I'm curious, and I, I haven't really seen anyone try it concert, with a concerted effort yet, is that when Derry get the press in place on your own kick out uh, and Oren Lynch is coming up, taking away a side, I, I, I'd love to see a team 
bomb a few kickouts out on top of him and get him actually in under the kickouts and engaged in the kickouts and try and move it away quickly from there. That I think Donegal have the tools to do that. Obviously, with Sean Patton and goals, it's going to be a beautiful weekend of weather. He's in Bally Buffet. He can hit. He can certainly hit the far 65, if not the far 45, if there's yeah. a bit of a breeze with him in Bally Buffet. The ball's going to be travelling. They have big bodies. They have the likes of McGonagall, Thompson, Hugh McFadden, uh, McGee, if he's fit. Where they could just, if, if I was them, I'd, I'd put all of those big bodies over on top of Oren Lynch and bomb a couple of kickouts out on top of him as far down the pitch as we can, get him either having to scurry away from there or else actually challenging from the kickouts and then try and move it on quickly and get a goal or certainly get a point out of it. Uh, so I, I think Donegal have some tools that maybe other teams don't have that they can hurt Derry in a different way. Um, so I'm actually, I'm on Cocom for that game and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Even if it is a bit of a, a trek north and a bank holiday weekend, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing, like Ender said, he saw Derry last weekend and they were a bit flat and is a bit of fatigue starting to set in or was it just post-Sulcer final? Have they the energy to kick on again and to see with Donegal, are they going to continue building on that clear performance? So there, there is a, there is a prospect of a shock for sure. And uh, Donegal's home farm in Bally Buffet as well is is really excellent. So it, it should be a good one. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one to look forward to live. As Eamon said, at four o'clock on RT2, it's part of a doubleheader. Mayo Lowes, I think, is the uh, opening game. But you mentioned Clare. They're making the trip to Monaghan. It has kind of the feel of a season for poor old Cullum Collins where the you know the wheels starting to come off a small bit and having to go up to um having to go up to Clonus now this weekend to try and maybe get the train back on track is a difficult task, especially with a Monaghan team that do look slightly refreshed and played really well the last day against Derry. So difficult task for Cullum Collins, but a very curious fixture because there's no real history and there's no there's nothing there's no farm lines between these two counties. They don't, they don't meet that often either league or championship because obviously the different divisions and different um, different provinces. So there's a real novelty factor to this fixture. And uh, But you would assume Monaghan should be able to do the business at home. Yeah, Monaghan were superb against Derry. The, the, Vinnie Corey's job, his decisions to leave McManus and Jack on, on, on the sideline to start with a sort of a more energetic team. The return of Ren McInespy, who again is one of these players, is very easy to overlook. But the work that he gets in in that middle third is just absolutely immense. Uh, so from a management team, they'll be buzzing at what they've done down in Celtic Park to reverse the, the championship defeat in Healy Park to that performance in Celtic Park is just massive. Them boys will be buzzing, I, I think, this week. for It's the thing of coming up to Clonus. I think for the, for the non-Ulster teams, that's a difficult track and an exceptionally difficult venue to play in. Ironically, for, for the likes of Drone, for the likes of myself, we had far rather, if given a choice, and even if it was Monaghan you were playing, you would far rather play them in Clonus than to play them in Healy Park because we're all so used to Clonus. Clonus is, you're, you're playing there. That's It feels like a home venue almost. Sean, Sean, Sean Kavanagh said the very same thing in there. That's curious, isn't it? Yeah, yeah no, Clonus, I always thought it was a real disadvantage for Monaghan because everybody gets to play Clonus yeah. as any Ulster team's home ground, really, or feel, certainly feels like that. But for Clare to come up to Clonus, that's a very, very difficult 
mm. assignment to come to Clonus. Uh, it is a different ground. Uh, Monaghan will be confident. Like Colin Collins, he held no punches back, and maybe we I, I didn't caveat the Donegal second half performance with that. Like Colin Collins came out very strong, and he just said Claire Claire just uh, give up or 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 capitulated against Donegal. So he had pretty harsh words for the squad, which which wouldn't be like him. Now that's either a sign that just the team isn't really in a position that they're believing they are going to progress and going up to Clonus isn't going to help that or they're going to have faced some very hard truths and they're going to have had a couple of harsh training sessions and they've had that gap week and maybe they'll come up and do what Claire have done so often and surprise people whenever you write Claire off suddenly they come and upset the apple cart but coming up to Clonus on this particular week I, I think that's a that's a tough tough ask. Mm, yeah, it is. It certainly is. And I suppose from a Clare perspective, the only thing you might give them some sort of solace and some comfort, Damon, is they do produce performances when you least expect it out of them as well, don't they? They do. And sometimes we saw it in the qualifiers down the years where there was no history between teams or there wasn't a history of playing against each other. The the games could take on a life of their own. But I think, look, Clare haven't been getting results all year. They've had decent performances uh, at different stages, but they haven't been getting results. And Monaghan were so impressive the the, the last day out that, uh, you know, they were so impressive against Tyrone and Healy Park as well. They're in a good, they're in a good place. Okay. Derry dismantled them in the first, uh, in the Ulster semi-final. But other than that, Monaghan have been quite impressive. They survived in Division 1 again this year. So, uh, you'd be definitely expecting a, a home win there. And if Clare do manage to go up there and get even a point out of it, it's it's a serious point for them. And just to finish up then, lads, because uh, it, as I said, there's just so many games to get through this weekend. You just couldn't preview all of them. And I think that's, look, it's going to be a bumper weekend of football across the two days. Really looking forward to it. But the big standout fixture, I suppose, in the Talchin Cup now, look, it's uh, people can argue the toss about the significance because this was like, just like the Sam Maguire, um, you know, you're, it's not really going to get meaty until we get into the knockout stages. But I think Mead versus Down, I mean, I was only thinking about it there last night, like that 1991 final, one of the best finals. And that particular year of football, given the Dublin down, the Dublin Meath thing as well happened the same year. And obviously the two teams met in the 1991 final. Bit of a fall from grace since then, I suppose, for both teams, but an opportunity as well, I suppose, give uh, and uh, because would these really be considered two of the front runners to win this competition? And if they are, do they probably need to put a marker down this weekend? Yeah, in, in terms of two teams that would be front runners for winning it, absolutely. For all of us of a certain vintage to be discussing down and me in the mm. secondary level competition just feels strange. It, it feels it, wrong, doesn't it? It is the Royals against the Blue Bloods here. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Only, only really carry us. Us poor plebs from Throne could only ever <laughs> dream of having such fine lineage. Yeah. Uh, but no, f- fascinating game. Absolutely, one um, like Colm Urk has been very, very clear and and very forthright, surprisingly so, about the extent of a rebuild project he feels is going on. Uh, the fact that now whether he he's He's sort of taken all pressure off them, which which I believe he is doing to an extent. But certainly he he's given it's well documented, he's given a large number of people 
uh, their debut seasons and they're very much trying to mold a new team. Uh, tactically, they, they seem to be slightly more defensive uh, pre against Waterford, but Waterford still had had three good goal chances in that first half, which is just a sign that you, you can't suddenly become solid defensively. You, you can pay lip service to it. You can maybe adjust one or two things, but the mindset and, and the training it needs and the learning from your mistakes that it needs takes time until you're a solid defensive unit. Down, on the other hand, under Laverty, Kilku are famously very, very robust defensively, massive work ethic, and that's what he's went after from day dot with Down. So where Down's heritage is all about being the, the beautiful football, he has been Mr. Pragmatic. He has just went back to basics of having an ultra-hard-working team and defensively solid, defensively dogged. Uh, so it'll be really interesting how the two approaches from two new managers and two relatively new teams pan out. But certainly for, as I say, for us of a certain vintage, that, that game, no matter what, it catches you. Both, both teams will qualify, uh, but they would prefer to get that first place spot. And again, the momentum and the confidence, particularly for Talton Cup teams, Eamon was mentioning earlier how the bigger teams can withstand setbacks, can withstand those sort of things. For all the teams that are sort of trying to come up through the ranks, the confidence and the momentum from repetitive wins is massive. And so for either team, you would just fancy the teams that are getting a good run and run in the Talton Cup particularly will, will be the teams to to hit form come Crook Park. And we've seen, uh, I mean, it does feel wrong, Eamon, you know, for people, as as Enda said, of a certain vintage like yourself and myself, we're, we're at that age now where we kind of grew up with Meath and Down, you know, at, diff- at a different, certainly in a, in a different space to where they are now. But we have seen, particularly last weekend with the Joe McDonough Cup final, I mean, what an incredible game that was. So the value of second of uh, tiered competitions are becoming more apparent and the development and the experience and the progress that you can generate and the momentum that you can generate surely will be of big benefit to both of these teams. And I think that's why maybe everybody's fancy to go on and try and win it. And hopefully we'll get a better indication of their ambitions maybe this weekend. Big time, Rory. Look, I mean, if you look at normally, you know, if a team going back to the old system, if a team was beaten and at this stage of the season, teams did start to go by the wayside and that was it. They were all scattered to the winds. Then they yeah. were gone to the States. They were gone here, there and everywhere back to their clubs. You're trying to pick it up then again at the end of November, December to get ready for a new season. And you're basically starting from scratch again. Whereas with this, you've a chance to develop your squad, develop your players, develop the way you're playing, getting ready again for next season. You're playing football at the height of the summer. Um, it's, it's, it's brilliant. And like, I was a small bit worried previous to last weekend because of the way that Westmeath had played in, in the National League this year in some of their games and in the bigger games that they probably needed to win to get promoted. And I was wondering, you know, were they going to be found out a bit in the Sam Maguire competition? And was it almost going to be like, oh, the Talton Cup winners will win, but when they go into the Sam Maguire, then they're going to get couple of hammerings and you know that'll that'll be that. Whereas Westmead showed last weekend in, in, in the athletic rounds in, in Armagh City that they were 
more than uh, worthy of being in the competition and on another day they would have got at least a point if not more out of it so I think meeting down Kevin all those teams will be will be looking at it in a, in a, in a similar manner and this this is a big game this weekend for the counties both of them are qualified already but I wouldn't be surprised if we see them coming up against each other further down the line in, in Crow Park at semi-final or final stage as well so uh, a big game but yeah no the the, the competitions are, are brilliant it's brilliant that the, the players are getting to play big games at this time of the year and again winnable games as well yeah. you know, all these teams are going to be expected to be winning this weekend so it's uh, it's it's good it's positive yeah. yeah loads of positivity and loads to look forward to very very busy weekend uh, I think there's 16 fixtures so there's uh, an absolute heap of counties I think Kilkenny are the only team that's not in action this weekend I think everybody else is just a quick us, show. Oh, us, yeah. us, 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 fun, us football pundits are very jealous mm. of hurling pundits all the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're flat out in that. The amount of games we're supposed to keep, a, to, to keep an eye on, the amount of teams we're supposed to know about. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, oh, listen, I tell you, I know all about it to a degree. I've been watching, like, I mean, it is, it sure it is impossible. It is absolutely impossible to try and keep track. You can only cherry pick what you can and do. I mean, if you look at the amount of coverage that's going to happen this weekend alone between GA, Go and RT, I think live coverage thrown Armagh Saturday, double header on Sunday, which is Donegal against Derry. And then you've got Mayo versus Louth. The Saturday game highlights, Sunday game highlights. Saturday sport will be on the air for I don't know how many hours. Sunday sport will be on the air for I don't know how many hours. It's it's just flat out. and fl- it, But look, it's a great time of year as well. Mm. It's a brilliant, brilliant time of the year. And I think the brilliant thing about it, Bank Holiday weekend, this looks like the weather is going to be good. So a lot of good football to look forward to. And just thanks to Eamon. Safe travels, lads. Because I, so I think you've got a bit of spinning around this weekend, especially you, Eamon. Are they actually Eamon? Are they arranging a helicopter for you? Because that's that's quite the, <laughs> that's quite the journey, yeah, you know. I'll be I'll be in Parky Cleve Saturday and Bally Buffet on Sunday, so oh, yeah. I'll see plenty of the country this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play. You won't be hanging around for the frames afterwards. But look, listen. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, no, no. Thanks very much, and we'll be back again on Monday where we'll try and review a couple of these matches depending on what happens over the weekend and until then take care oh,